And there you are. Greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Shabbat Shalom. So blessed. So blessed that you are tuning in this Holy Sabbath. All of you in the chat, Shabbat Shalom to you. Keep it going and we'll see if we can get to your questions after the teaching today. We are in Revelation chapter 11 and I believe it's part C, isn't it? Thank you to all of our donors that do support this ministry through the generous stewardship of your tithes and offerings. Thank you so many of you that send it in through snail mail, accompanied by lovely letters. And those lovely letters this week, you've asked me lots of questions. What's going on in the world? What, are we sh what should we expect now? Um, what's looking like the next couple of weeks? What do you think, Matthew? Well, you know, it's just my opinion. Revolution! Implosion! Trying to unseat a sitting president. False witnesses abound on the left, on the right. What better time to be looking at true witness, true testimony, and identifying what the Bible tells us is happening in the living word of Yahweh. So join me today as we dig into Revelation part C of chapter 11. We're going to be looking at the two lampstands, the two olive trees and such forth, identifying and clarifying, I pray, the word of Yahweh. But back to those snail mail letters and thoughts and requests you had. What is going on now? What, what should we expect? What do you think? Again, it's it's my opinion. Take it with a piece of Marmite, salty as it is. But I love history, and you know that. 1917, the Bolshevik Revolution. There's nothing new, as King Solomon said, under the sun. Nothing new. It is rebranded socialism. Socialism has taken on a new guise. That's all it is. Socialism has taken on a new guise, and most people are oblivious of the past, so it's a brand new movement that's exciting. I nearly didn't get here on time today because I had to take a detour because our governor and local enforcement agencies have allowed streets to be blocked for protesters, and you better not call them rioters. So I had to take a long detour to get here. You see, back in 1917, socialism used to be about the working class. <laughs> but the people now with this new branded kind of socialism, they don't want to work. So it can't be about the working class, right? Because it's all about being unemployed and getting the benefits and a universal basic income. So what is it really taken the form of? I mean, back in the days of Karl Marx and Vladimir Lenin, it was all about the working class. But today, you're more likely to find the working class at a Trump rally. You're more likely to find the working class going down to their businesses in spite of lockdown, in spite of everything going on, because they are trying to provide 
for their families. So this isn't about the working class. It no longer can be about the working class. Instead, the left has to focus on grievances. Immigration grievances, racial grievances, gender grievances, sexual orientation grievances. This is socialism of grievances. It's no longer about the working class, but it's nothing new than what happened a hundred years ago, seeded in revolution, instead of trying to unseat the czar, it's about unseating a sitting president. And that is what we are dealing with today. My opinion, my read on history. Because as we go into the Bible today, I'm going to look at the history of the Bible. I'm going to be looking at the text, and I do the same thing when I see the world events around me. The left has taken socialism and perverted it, bastardized it into a list of grievances, race, gender, sexual orientation. It's not about the working class anymore. It's about unemployment. It's about immigration. It really is identity socialism, isn't it? Identity politics twisted and perverted because they have no plan. They have no plan that will politically carry weight. So therefore, they must seed a revolution to enable their plans to go forward because they will not stand on politics alone. They fail in merit. They fail in cause. They fail in election. Therefore, they need a militant arm to push it forward. And that really is where we are at today, on the brink of revolution, implosion, and treason. This is all about identity socialism. Back in the 1970s, you had, of course, the weather underground. And, of course, Bill Ayers, who um, invited Obama round for tea and biscuits, of course, that connection is, of course, irrefutable. You had the Black Panthers. Now, do remember, the Black Panthers, it got its force because the police shot an African-American. And it was on the heels of the death of course, of Malcolm X. And the Black Panthers is really that movement now morphed today. We see it in Black Lives Matter. Again, it's all about the objectifying of the police and the ob it's identity politics, isn't it? And then, of course, using the same kind of format. And then Antifa is no different than the weather underground. I mean, so... You see, people forget what happened in the late 60s and 70s. And again, these are the seeds of revolution. And it's the same, same goal that we see them looking for. It's really a mutation on, on socialism. And um, Antifa, if you think about it, even back until the time of the 40s, 
um, what was going on with Mussolini in Italy. He had his black shirts. I mean, I see all this stuff on the, new, on the news, all these people dressed in black, and I'm like, this is the anti-fascist fascists, like I said last week. It's no different than Mussolini's black shirts. Am I hearing rain? Is that what I'm hearing? My goodness, it is coming down. Well, maybe that will actually be something that might break up the rioters. Because, you know, a little bit of bad weather and they'll go home for tea and biscuits. Because they can't stomach reality, right? It has to be comfortable and they want to get their soy lattes and their soy meat in there. And unless, otherwise they're going home to mummy's basement. That's the reality. I mean, really? Come on, my goodness gracious me. But anyway, what you're finding with this mutation of socialism, which I, I'd like to say is really identity socialism, it has no political standing. They're not able to make it stick with politics as much as they try. They're not getting the votes. They didn't get the nomination. They didn't get the presidency. So therefore, they must, just like they did in 1917, to 1920, they must find themselves a paramilitary, paramilitary, I should say, excuse me, a paramilitary arm to push you up against the wall, to intimidate, to objectify, because otherwise they are going to fail. They, they can't achieve their political objectives, so they need a paramilitary arm to push you into subjection, to intimidate, to objectify. And that is the purpose of Antifa. Like I said last week, look at the big corporate backings. You want to go, I'm so thankful that my sponsor here got shipped to me from my good friend, Grandpa Diesel, or Diesel Grandpa, he's changed his username up there in Snohomish. But if he got it from Amazon, right? You go on Amazon now and it's what? What's on the front page this week? Black Lives Matter. You go on Netflix, Black Lives Matter. You go uh, on Apple, right? This, it's everywhere. These are the big corporates that are sponsoring this paramilitary organization because it, they agree with what? The identity, socialism, and their politics are failing, therefore they will fund the paramilitary arm to get their agenda to be pushed forward. Because it's not coming through democracy. It didn't come through a president. Their hopes were dashed. And now they're desperate. Now they're desperate. And these next months are no different than the months that led up to the imprisonment of the Tsar and the assassination and killing of the royal family in Russia. These are exactly the same people. It's exactly the same. It's got all the same qualifiers. And that is what concerns me. And what concerns me is that people think this is new and this will pass. This isn't new. The West suffered 
for 75 years. And we had the Cold War. The 70s, we had more terrorist activity in the United States at the hands of the Black Panthers and the Weather Underground. And now we're seeing the very same things. This is a paramilitary arm of the Democratic Party. And I don't need people to get, oh, well, you're talking politics. This is political, because let us not forget the backdrop and context of the Bible. Because when Yahushua was walking on this earth, there was a political struggle. There were zealots. There was the Romans. There was the same kind of scenario. But Yahushua rose above it as we at Torah to the tribes and you out there will rise above it. But we cannot ignore the zealot movement. We cannot ignore the Romans that are occupying. That would be naivety. And that is where many of us were when we were in the church. We wanted it happy clappy. But Yahushua said and made a promise to us that there will be one thing and that we would expect to have tribulation. So prepare for war and pray for peace. But this is my thoughts on our current situation. Antifa is just the weather underground rebranded. And the weather underground was really the Bolsheviks rebranded. This is nothing new under the sun. They need the pala paramilitary arm because their socialist ideas that they believe in can't win on their own merits. And you know all these big corporations, their socialist ideas, Facebook, Netflix, and all the sponsors of Antifa, their politics that they support cannot win on their own merits. Therefore, they are funding an army to get it done for them through intimidation and identity socialism. That is my take on where we're at and the next few months are parallel to where we were before the Bolsheviks came in and took captive the Tsar and his family and executed them. So today with that little introduction, we will get into Revelation chapter 11, part C. And instead of identity socialism causing divide based upon race, based upon immigration, and based upon gender, I would like to identify the two lampstands, the two olive trees. Because today there is nothing more than I want to experience instead of the divide of race, immigration, gender. I want to see what the word does, which is gather regardless of race. Migration instead of immigration, because there is neither Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, 
Galatians 3.28. It is not gender politics. It is the identity of the two olive trees and the identity of the two lampstands and an Elohim who sits on the throne and his son sits at his right hand and he will gather in the midst of the division that we're seeing in the world. Because as it says later in the book of Revelation, the world, because they're drinking of that cup of abominations, it is causing them to go mad. It's delusionary what's happening out there. Delusionary. You may not like a middle-aged Caucasian standing out front of the side of their business with an AR-15 strapped to their chest, protecting their property. You may not like that, but that is lawful. And it's protected under the Constitution. And they are called racists, white supremacists. The guy's just standing there with an AR-15 protecting his property. You don't have to like it. But they are objectified. In the meantime, you've got rioters that are destroying property and damaging and hurting people, which is a crime. And they are supported by the radical left as legitimate protesters. And they're allowed to gather by the tens of thousands. Yet the other guy down the road who's got three of his friends with him, he's getting busted for what? Not keeping social distancing. They are delusionary. Because this is all part of their radical regime to unseat the czar, unseat the royal family, put them in a basement and shoot them. Oh, sorry, that was that was a hundred years ago. There's nothing new under the sun, my friends. And the Bible tells us that we need to look at gathering. We need to focus but not be unaware of what's happening around us. I can't help who I am, and I do like to try and balance being in the world and not of the world. Now, sometimes I may give you too much information about what's going on in the world, and I apologize. Some people like that, some people don't. But ultimately, I do know that the power is through an Elohim that gathers through an Elohim that looks at migration of the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad and that there is neither Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, but we are one in Messiah. That's the reality and we need to identify the two lampstands and the two olive trees. So in Revelation chapter 11, we looked at the past couple of weeks, the people, possibly Elijah, possibly John the Beloved. But today we're going to look and find that each congregation of believers is one lampstand, one menorah. Therefore, the two menorim, menorahs, stand for two congregations or two groups of believers. This confirms 
the revelation of the prophet that went before, of course, Zechariah. Turn there, Zechariah, our foundational text, is going to be Zechariah chapter, um, I believe it's uh, chapter 4. So tell me if I'm reading out of the correct chapter, because this could be copy and paste error from my Bible software. I'm going to either be reading out of chapter 4 or I'm reading out of another chapter. I'm going to check. Huh? It is 4. All right, okay. But correct. Tell me if I am go off, 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 um, off the chapter here, okay? Because I, 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 um, I have a feeling that I might have done something wrong in my, my scratch, chicken scratch here before me. Because in... Zechariah chapter 4, we're going to see two anointed olive trees that stand before Yahweh. Do I have the correct chapter? Okay, good, 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 good. All right. Now, from each of these, you're going to see, really, it's like the two houses of Israel, Ephraim and Judah. And from these two witnesses comes one witness. Or we have the two individuals that represent the two houses of Israel. And you could liken that back onto the last couple of weeks, you know, John from Judah and Elijah from Ephraim. But they do perform in Revelation chapter 11 here a ministry, a ministry before being killed. And then they are risen up in Jerusalem. Because we have to realize today, with all that's going on in the world, and it is bananas out there, isn't it? It really is bananas. Yahweh will never allow any true biblical witness in the earth without it representing the whole house of Israel, the whole gathering, because we're all scattered. And yes, you have Ephraim and Judah, and with Ephraim and Judah as two witnesses, it represents the whole. Just as Ezekiel has the two sticks that represents the whole, they're going to come together. And the heavenly Malak angel that talked to me again and woke me up. Am I in the right chapter? And a man that is awakened out of his sleep. I'm good? And he said to me, what do you see? And I said, and I have looked. And I see a menorah all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it. And on it stand seven lamps, seven spouts to the seven lamps which are on top of it. And the two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side of it. Verse 4. So I answered and spoke to the heavenly angel that talked with me saying, I have no idea what these are, Master. I'm paraphrasing. But this is how it is most of the time. When I talk to people about what this ministry is about, they're like, what? What are you talking about? Torah? Tribes? What are you, Indians? Where's your bow and arrows? No, 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 no. I'm talking the biblical tribes. What? 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 Two houses? What's that all about? And these are believers that I talk to. No clue. No clue. Just like the prophet said. 
What are these, my master? My pastor never talked to me about all 12 tribes being scattered abroad, represented by the house of Judah and the house of Ephraim. Oh, I never knew that there was a division of the houses under Solomon, after Solomon, Rehoboam and Jeroboam. That was never taught. What? Ten of them went up north? And the others remained in the south and there was this division? Oh my goodness, that changes everything. This is foundational to our understanding. But the prophet knew that we would say what? What on earth are these, my master? Then the heavenly angel in verse 5 that talked to me answered and said to me, Don't you know what these are? And I said, No, my master. Then he answered and spoke to me saying, This is the word of Yahuwah to Zerubbabel saying, not by might, not by power, but by my ruach, says Yahuwah Sevot. Let me turn up the volume a little bit here. There we go. I love this. It's great. It is, isn't it? In a time like this, what do we need? We need the ruach, the ruach, the Holy Spirit of Yahuwah. It's not about my guns and my beans and rice. Though, though that is quite exciting, to prepare for the apocalypse. It's, that's not what's going to get me through. It's going to be by the Ruach of Yahuwah, knowing that Yahuwah Sivot is with me. Who are you? O oh, great prince, before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone of it with shouts of favor, favor to it. Verse 8 of Zechariah chapter 4. Moreover, the word of Yahuwah came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hand shall also finish it. You shall know that Yahuwah Savot has sent me to you, for who has despised the day of small beginnings? Who has despised the day of small beginnings? I think about this ministry and where we're at now and where we've come from. And all the changes and all the challenges. And it's astounding to me. It's astounding to me. And it's astounding to me when I think about the Zoom platforms and how that was birthed. My beloved friend Mario, who has since passed, tried to show up at a Bible study online with a group of people and was kind of shunned away. Oh, it's distracting having that Zoom platform. We're trying to have a Bible study. Now look what happened. It's turned into this amazing platform. And the Bible study is no more. Instead, we have hundreds and hundreds of people each week that are able to connect through that platform that what? It started with meek beginnings. And that's truly what happens with all of us. The foolish things of the world, Yahweh can turn into an amazing, amazing power. But it's not because of our strength. You prayed before I started today and thank Yahweh for my intellect. Well, I had a revelation many years ago that my intellect and my logic 
and my reason failed me in my life. Failed me. All my Torah and Bible knowledge failed me when I went through trials and tribulations. It was only the Holy Spirit and my faith that saw me through. It's not about my intellect and knowledge. It's an utter failure because that's a work of man. And yes, we enjoy being able to talk about things and understand, but it's the, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that will get us through these times. It's Yahweh Sevot. Our knowledge, our intellect, and our reason will fail us. But Yahweh will never fail us. And the Holy Spirit will never fail us. Our memory may, may not be as sharp as it used to be. And I'm not looking at you. Okay, don't think I'm looking at you. But it's the Holy Spirit and the power that will get us through. So, off on a tangent there. Sorry. For who has despised the day of small beginnings? Back to the text. That's really the foundation. I remember the first time I got invited. I said I'll get back to the text. But really the first time I got to, um, invited to speak and teach the Bible at a church. I was like, I'm not a, I'm not a public speaker. How can I do this? My voice was quivering. My heart was pumping. My hands were sweating. I was like, I can't do it. I said no. I said, no, 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 no. You are the wrong guy. As soon as I said no, the Holy Spirit of Yahweh convicted me. And I heard a voice, not really a voice, but you know, the still small voice. If I have purchased you, you are not your own. And if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before your father. And I was like, I can't say no. And now look at me, just rattling on. No sweaty palms, heart nice and calm. Blah, 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 blah. Yahuwah can do amazing things, training up a child. <laughs> That's the reality of it. If we just have the faith and we go, you know what? It's okay to have small beginnings because that's a foundation which Yahuwah can build upon. Small beginnings. For they shall have gilah, joy, and they shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. With those seven, they are the eyes of Yahuwah, which diligently search through the whole earth. We are now in the time of the plumb line, the measuring. And Yahuwah's eyes are searching for you seeking you out of the nations, gathering whilst the world would try to separate and scatter. This is the time of the plumb line. This is the measuring of the saints. This is now. This is now. For a surety and for a certainty. This is the time of the plumb line where Yahweh is diligently searching through the whole earth. Then I responded and said to him, what are these two olive trees, one upon the right side of the menorah and one upon the left side? 
And I responded again and said to him, What are these two olive branches that through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? And he answered me and said, Do you still not know what these are? Did your pastor still not teach you about such things? I'm paraphrasing, excuse me. And I said, No, my master. And then he said unto me, These are the two witnesses, the two anointed ones who stand by the master of the whole earth. The two olive trees are both congregations of Israel, both representing Yahweh, both sending forth that end time witness. They're both producing an individual witness. Just like all of us that are being gathered from the nations, though we are being gathered together, you still have your individual witness. And it's different. All of our witnesses is different. But now is the time as the world scatters and Yahweh gathers to retain your individual witness, which is a witness, if it's a true witness, of humble beginnings. Don't ever lose sight of where you came from and who your first love is. And if you can do that, nobody can destroy that witness. You don't have to agree with me, but you cannot destroy my witness that I was dead and now I am alive. And the one that redeemed me, he's alive too. And he's interceding for me in every situation that I find myself when my logic my intellect and my reason fail me on a daily basis. He's there for me. He's there for you. He is our success. We are not our success. He is our success. And I always am reminded of where I came from. And it is only by the grace and mercy of Yah and by Yah raising up his servants that have believed in what I've been doing, hopefully for the kingdom, that I have any standing at all. Because if it wasn't for Yahweh empowering his people, then we'd all be lost, right? It's a community of saints together that we find our strength. These are the same two olive trees we see, of course, in Revelation, as in Zechariah chapter 4. And most, belie most believers still can't answer the question that Zechariah was asked. He asked himself, oh, who are these, my master? Yahweh is absolutely astounded still, thousands of years later, that people, believers in the Christian church, have the inability to pick up on this two-house concept because it is paramount to understanding the whole of the scriptures. It's the same blindness that we see in Zechariah, and it's the same blindness that we see today. And your witness can help wake people up to this. The two olive trees are the two houses of Israel. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 8, verse 14, and I'll take a sip from our sponsor from Black Lives Matter, Amazon, shipped from a warehouse in the fallen state of Washington under the governor, Inslee, who I guess is not um, going to get re-elected. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 14, it is written, the two houses, and he shall be a sanctuary for you, 
but for a stone of stumbling and for a rock of falling to both houses of Israel, both witnesses of Israel, for a trap and for a snare to the people of Jerusalem. Look at Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31. Again, the two houses there. Behold, the days come, says Yahuwah, that I will cut a Brit Hadashah, a new covenant, with the house of Israel, one witness, and the house of Judah. There's your two witnesses there, the two houses. And again, Jeremiah chapter 11 and the 16th verse, we find the two houses are the two witnesses. Yahuwah. He called your name a green olive tree, fair, with the finest of fruit. With the sound of a great storm, he has set fire to it, and its branches are worthless. Of course, this is where Paul picks up in Romans chapter 11, of course, talking about this. But these two witnesses are two nations, according to the prophet Ezekiel. We're going to go to lots of scripture for you today just because I just needed some soothing. And I only get soothing by the power of the word of Yahuwah because the news certainly is not soothing. As much as I like to be aware of what's happening in the world, I am not of the world, right? And the comfort we find is in prayer prophecy and in the power of the word and I love it my son and I my my eldest Moshe we were just talking just about and he he has the same thing and if there's any angst or something I'll see him he'll just go and open up the word and it, 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 he said it just calms him soothes him what a great testimony I'm like oh now, if there's any angst, if, if, you know, not that my wife and I ever have cross words because she's watching, um, but I will go to the word and just chill me down, calm down, because I run hot. <laughs> yes, you do. I do, I do. It's, it's a heart, you know. Ezekiel 35.10, because you have said these two nations and these two lands, they shall be mine. And we shall possess it. Yet Yahweh was there in the midst of it, was he not? In the midst of it. But these two olive trees, not only two houses, not only two nations. Jeremiah tells us in the 33rd chapter and the 24th verse that they are two chosen families. I think about my life and the family that I have. And the families that I know in the faith. And how we've been chosen from families of destitution. Secularism. How did I get chosen out of my family? And now my children are part of a different family. Because we are a different family. All of us. The redeemed family of faith. That's powerful. That's why I love the feasts of Yahuwah. Because you see, the redeemed family of faith get to come and celebrate together. And we all have the same testimony. One of humble beginnings. Two chosen families. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 24. Do you not consider what this people have spoken saying? The two families which Yahweh has chosen... 
He has even cast them off. So they have despised my people that they should be no more a nation before them. But we have to stay strong in a time like this. You cannot backslide because there's also two backslidden sisters. Two backslidden sisters. Have you ever wondered what happened to that person that walked with you and now, oh my goodness, they're no longer in the Word. They're in these obscure books. They're no longer doing the things that we should be doing. Ezekiel in the 23rd chapter talks about these two backslidden sisters. Son of man, Ezekiel 23 verse 2. There were two women, a daughter of one mother, and they fornicated in Egypt. They whored in their youth. Their breasts were handled, and their virgin nipples were worked. Backslidden. Backslidden. This is the time to press in, not to backslide. And of course, Zechariah in the fourth chapter, in the 11th verse, specifically we find those two olive branches of which we spoke today. This is powerful. Two sticks. These witnesses are everywhere in the scripture. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 15. And the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, And you, son of man, take a stick and write on it for Judah and for his companions, the sons of Israel. And take another stick and write on it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel and his companions, the whosoevers, the whosoevers. Because the whosoevers matter. And join them one to another into one stick, and they shall become one in your hand. And when the sons of your people shall speak to you, saying, Will you not declare to us what these mean to you? Again, it's a mystery to some, isn't it? This is what you're to say to them. So says the master Yahweh, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel and his companions, and I will put them with him, with the stick of Judah, and will make them one stick. This is a gathering, and they shall be one in my hand. This is beautiful and comforting to me in such a time of division, in such a time of division. Because in Revelation chapter 11 and the third verse, we find, and I will give power to my two witnesses. And if you are the two witnesses here metaphorically because you are part of the two houses of Israel, what does he assure you? That he's going to give you what? Power. So don't limit this to being two individuals because you are part of the ingathering. You are from Ephraim and Judah, the house of Israel. All 12 tribes gathered together. So as that two witnesses coming into the stick of one, he is going to put what into you? His power in these days. Can you feel his power? I can. Power and standing. In these days, and I go, why? 
Why? What? My beginnings, why me? Why you? Why us? Because we are two witnesses in ourselves, because we are the 12 tribes of Israel represented by the house of Ephraim, the flame of Joseph, and of course the regathering of Judah. Of course, we've spoken about who are the true Judahites in the nations. This is not about race division. This is about inclusion into all 12 tribes, regardless of the color of your tunic. Because we weren't supposed to have garments of skin. We were supposed to be garments of light. And light is made up of all But the base carnal man cannot understand the mysteries of Yahuwah. It was only when Adam and Eve sinned that Yahuwah made them garments of skin. They were transfigured light beings. Garments of light, just of all colors of the rainbow. And don't try and take that into an Antifa direction. And paint the streets with rainbow colors. I'm talking truth, not a counterfeit in which the world we live in is a counterfeit. And they all go headlong over the cliffs to destruction. The two olive trees are two lampstands. They are two silver trumpets for the whole assembly. In the book of Numbers, in the 10th chapter, it is written, Make two trumpets of silver for yourself. And you can only become silver if you go through the refiner's fire. And it hurts. And I'm going through it so bad right now. Please pray for me. But I'm enjoying it. Because I know that I'm going through it. It's crazy that I'm going through a refining process. But I'm enjoying it. Because I've been through so many, and I know what my witness is through those in the past. That Yahweh used it to take me to the next level of anointing that I could never have got. I, looking back, you go, oh my goodness. When you're, so this is part of my equipping. It's part of your equipping. And the world would say, well, it's demented. No, it's not. It's faith. And I know that it's getting rid of my dross. And I don't need any thumbs up on the bit that Matthew's got a lot of dross, okay? That's not what I'm asking. Keep those comments out of here, you trolls. Actually, we don't have that many trolls now. I think we disbanded the troll group. Oh, they went back under a bridge where they belong. I think what I like most about the two witnesses is in Hebrews chapter 9 and the 28th verse because that's my beginning is there's two advents. So Yahushua was once offered to bear the sins of many and to those who look for him he shall appear the second time without sin to salvation. 
Because that's the two witnesses that changed my life, is the two advents of Moshiach. That is the power right there. There's another two witnesses. That's the two witnesses that changed my beginnings. And it's his mercy that gets me through each and every moment. It's his mercy, which brings me to another two witnesses. The cherovim, the two cherubim, in Ezekiel chapter 25. Did I say Ezekiel? I meant Shemot, Exodus. I can't read. And you shall make two cherubims, two witnesses of gold. Of beaten work you shall make them. And on the two ends of the mercy seat. And make one cherub on one end and the other cherub on the other end. From the mercy seat you shall make the cherubs on the two ends of it. And the cherubs shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings and their faces each toward the other. Toward the mercy seat shall the cherubim's faces be. right now we need to be super wise and we need to be the gray man you do not want to go to a riot it's against the Bible Yahweh tells us in the book of Exodus you do not get caught up in a group of rioters protesters that is not for us we are not of that kingdom. That is their kingdom that is passing away. We need to be the great, we need to be spies. And I'll finish up with being spies. That's what we are. Gray men, gray women. We just move through undetected. Because these are the two spies from Ephraim and Judah. The two witnesses found in Numbers chapter 13 verse 6. Of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Of the tribe of Ephraim, Yehoshua, Joshua, the son of Nun. So you can see, it's throughout the scriptures, isn't it? And finally, two sticks coming into one, two congregations. Revelation chapter 1, verse 20. This is really based upon the principle of the one lampstand equaling one assembly. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven assemblies and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven assemblies. So in finality, the two witnesses, all these powerful truths in our lives are the witness, are they not? They're all the witness, the two witnesses, whether it be the two olive trees, the two houses, two lampstands, the two spies. It's all rooted that Yahweh's power has transformed our life because ultimately these two witnesses have the power to shut the heavens, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And they have the power over water to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all kinds of plagues. And you know, 
you're going to be going back inside soon, right? If you have a liberal governor, which most of us do, because this is perfect. All these protests now, everybody's out and about. And it's just escalating this terrible plague. I think you should go back inside because we didn't get to quite shut down all the businesses that we needed to. So we give it another crack. Anything we can do to assassinate the Tsar and his family. Anything we can do to unseat a sitting president. Because our politics fail. So therefore we will use any means to fulfill our socialist identity politics agenda. And that means Antifa. That means Black Lives Matter. That means voting by mail. Whatever it may be, it is whatever. COVID-19, whatever you want to call it. This is all on the table. Anything to get the czar out of the palace and into a basement with his family so we can start a revolution. There's nothing new under the sun. I do pray for peace, but I am preparing for war. Let's see what you guys have to say in the comments section um, today. All right. Lots to ponder, isn't it? Lots to ponder. All right. If you want me to answer your question, or at least attempt to, then um, redline me. That would be great. At Torah to the Tribes. Shabbat Shalom, John Shukul. John says, if we are to be silent spies, ooh, I like it, being undetected, how is it that being a visible witness that calls people out of the world? Well, again, it's about being wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We should be about our father's business, meaning when I'm going to be vocal and I'm going to be that powerful witness, it's going to be gospel-centric. But when the things of the nations are going on, when the protests and riots and civil disobedience is going on, I don't want to be a part of that. That is not the kingdom of which I look to. So again, I know many of you are up in arms about what's happening in the world, but really, we know that the world is passing away. So again, I say be the gray man when it comes to that type of stuff. Get out of the world. We're supposed to be coming out of Babylon, and um, I'm hoping to put those signposts there for you as much as I can, because I am in the front lines. I really am. And um, I believe that's for a purpose. So that's, that's my understanding of it. And um, let's see what else we have here. Um, Machiata says, why did the notification say 6 p.m.? I missed it all. Because um, user error. You see, small beginnings. It wasn't that long ago, I didn't even know how to work a computer. 
So anyway, give me a break. Diesel Grandpa, thank you for the wonderful Black Lives Matter Topashiko all the way from Amazon Central, of course, in um, Washington. Da Diesel Grandpa says, what an exciting week. First, we got the new nation of Chaz, and now we are being fed the word that brings a great comfort and peace. Ah, blessings. Baruch Hashem, Yahweh. Yeah, the new nation of Chaz is up right near Diesel Grandpa, up in the fallen state of Washington, of course, the left toast. And uh, much more truth. Hey, Shabbat Shalom, Brandon, at much more truth. Do you think the two witnesses, prophets, will be the leaders of the two houses, Ephraim and Judah? By the way, Elijah and Moshe are both from the tribe of Levi. So there we go. That is a very grand question. And um, I think we've covered most of that with the two houses there. And I hope that that gave some some insight for you today in the teaching because people did want me to try and look at it outside of just two individuals and kind of goes get those big concepts. So I hope that I was able to cover that at least a little bit today. Yashub, Baruch Hashem, brother. We love having you on the platform. Shabbat Shalom, he says, brother Matthew. Pure prediction. When do you think Yahushua will return? Estimation. Well, again, you know, setting those timeline things, I don't know. But all I do know that all the, all the signs and the seasons point to the coming of our Messiah and that our redemption does draw nigh. Something that I do, um, I'm, I'm comfortable um, saying is that I do think, just as we saw with, of course, Jacob Israel, I think we are in the midst of the first of the two tribulations. I think we are in the time of Jacob's trouble. And um, I believe that was, of course, that time when there was the division of the houses um, because of um, his brother coming. And look, we have brother against brother. We're all the children of Adam, okay? And don't you see that? A division in the camp. And that is what all this socialism and identity politics is about trying to divide 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 so i see that this is definitely to me it would appear the time of jacob's trouble which is of course um then after that we will see um the great tribulation ah This is from Eliezra, if I'm L, Eliezra L. Please explain again. We, it is not acceptable showing support to our legitimate president and our blue law enforcement officers. No, that's not what I said. I, I'm just saying there's a balance between being in the world and of the world. I think that there are some amazing, amazing, I mean, I'm thankful for law enforcement. Right? Because otherwise you, you live in an absolute lawless society. And there's always good people and bad people within groups. So I think that everybody should um, be supportive. I mean, Paul talks about it in, in the book of Romans, right? But again, that's not the kingdom that we're a part of. So again, don't get too caught up in it. Don't get all Glenn Beck about it. That's all I'm saying, all right? <laughs>
Chris Bagwell. Shabbat Shalom, Chris. Hegelian dialect here. Wouldn't Mark 3, um, 322 um, discredit the idea that the left and right are unknowingly working with, with each other for Satan's common goal while thinking they are opposing each other? Again, I mean, it's just amazing. Good, good comment there. Modesto Gaza, Shabbat Shalom, Modesto. Are you for or against the Hasmanian genocide? Okay, I'm not, not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if I, I know what you're talking about right there in the context of that. Sorry, sorry about that. Um, William Seabrook, two witnesses, two olive trees, mucho thumbs up. Great. Brian Price, Shabbat Shalom, Brian. Brian says, no questions, just saying hello. Well, great. So good to say hello, mate. Good to see you. Well, at least your little picture here. And um, entering into a time of lawlessness, just like in the days of Noah. Isn't it just? Isn't it just? Isn't it just? All right. Much more truth says, Torah to the tribes, now you're in my head. No, you're in my head. And um, I do need to connect with you. I, I, I missed, your, missed your call this week. Sorry, I've been in the trenches, man. It's been a tough, 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 tough week. But we are good. Who are the true Jews? Yah Chosen. You need to watch the migration of Judah on our YouTube channel. And I won't give any more away to you because I want you to watch that. And I hope that you will be blessed. Uh, let's see. My goodness. Am I missing anything? Um, I'm sure I am. I have it on live chat. I have it populated correctly. Now, I did get a text from my, um, my brother, Kevin Niebling, who is a truck driver. And he's been driving around all over Washington, Oregon, and California. So um, I'm sure that he has got a good perspective of what is really going on. I know he's down there oftentimes in Los Angeles. So um, put up um, just a, a couple of sentence, sentences, Kevin, on your perspective being out there in the midst of it. And from the Libby Tube, Shabbat Shalom Libby, I hope you and yours are blessed. And she says, after the two witnesses are slain and arise after three and a half days and are called up to heaven, the next scene is the woman in heaven. Is this a picture of the two houses becoming one? Well, Larry's face is lighting up at that question. Larry, answer that for me, my brother. Because he is just chomping at the bit for me to leave Revelation chapter 11 and get to 12, which is why I think we're going to get to part F, just because I am trying to vex my brother. <clears throat> well, how I see when they're killed and then they're risen after three and a half days and then they're caught up to the clouds, that like the rapture to me and that sounds like the, the first resurrection the rapture where everybody will be caught up 
So, so it's at the end. At that would be right before the 10 days of awe when Yahuwah pours out his wrath on a Yah-rejecting society. So now we're tracking with the full feasts. We know that Yahusha fulfilled the spring feasts at his first coming, and he is fulfilling the full feasts at his return. So we are looking right now in that dry, barren period after Shavuot, and we anticipate now going through this Jacob's trouble, and we look forward to the Feast of Trumpets, but then there is going to be this time between, of course, the Yom Kippur, um, before Yom Kippur, after the Feast of Trumpets, that 10 days of awe, when Yahuwah will pour out his wrath on a Yah-rejecting society, and there shall be a weeping and a gnashing of teeth. Um, that's when they are left behind, okay? It's not going to happen like um, they have in those terrible books going to happen at the end of the tribulation and then we get to come for force into the kingdom for the feast of tabernacles so again the full feast is where it's all at all at um kevin niebling our our brother who is driving truck all over the nation says a fellow driver <laughs> oh here we go we're going to get back on weapons again like we did last week <laughs> Don't, don't, don't egg me on. It doesn't take me a lot to start talking about weapons and tactics. A fellow driver brought a 9mm and an AK-47 with 90 rounds to LA to meet me in case of an attack. See, that's great, but I'm saying bring the Ruach HaKodesh and the word of Yahuwah, and that is the sharpest sword that you will ever need. Masha White, Masa White Cloud says, We of Hebrew Yisraelites come in many colors. Praise Yahweh. That is so true. And, all right, let's see. Yashub says, speaking of Paul, Paul admits to being a liar. I don't know about that, Romans 3, 7. And has many more errors in his teachings. Yahushua warns us of false apostles, Revelation 2, 2, your thoughts. My thoughts um, is that Paul is, as Peter says, his words are misunderstood. They are hard for people, unlearned and unskilled, to understand. And I think back in the traditional church, people misunderstood his writings, that he was doing away with the law. And now I think on the other side of the aisle, in the Messianic movement, you have many people that are falling for this kind of error and saying, oh, Paul is the, the spouter of lies based upon the people who have departed the faith and are now fully entrenched in the Dead Sea Scrolls and misinterpreting that document and saying, Paul's the spouter of lies spoken of in the Dead Sea Scrolls. And then they depart from the faith, exiting the faith. No, the Apostle Paul was the most amazing 
genius when it came to understanding the dichotomy of the Malkizedic priesthood and understanding, of course, the book of the covenant reality. So I think Peter really encapsulates it. If you want to get rid of Paul, then just realize you've got to get rid of pretty much the whole of the New Testament. Because the apostles, Luke, the book of Acts, Paul's writings, I mean, you're left with nothing. You may as well just go and join the synagogue of Satan and exit the faith with the arrest of the apostates. So, again, the Paul's writings are, in my reading of the scripture, true. And I do need to just read you that in um, Romans chapter 3, verse 7 where he says Paul admits to being a liar, because I would strongly disagree. For if the truth of Elohim has increased through my lie to his glory, why am I still judged as a sinner? And why not say, let us do evil that good may come, as we are slanderously reported and as some affirm that we say their condemnation is just. So you've got to read the whole verse. You can't just, um, you can't just um, extract that, that um, verse 7 without taking into context that this is talking about people that do what? Slander. False witnesses that say something about him. If I am the liar, as is slanderously reported, I mean, the lies that have been told about me, that have been slanderously reported, if that, no, you've got to have context. So anyway, that's my little piece of pie on Paul. But Yashub, still love you. And um, press in. I actually have done a teaching on Paul's writings, and I did that at Sukkot several years ago. And just, you know, thread the needle, follow it through, and if you end up kicking out Paul, you pretty much kick out the whole of the New Testament, and you end up an apostate. So don't go down that way. Follow the words of Peter, and just realize that Paul's words have been misunderstood because there is much unskilled and unlearned amongst us that spin the truth. I'm going to finish with a giant killer, of course, a descendant of Diesel Grandpa and Diesel Grandmother, the dinosaur giant killer, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 16, is where it described Paul's writings as hard to understand. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah, Yahuwah is true, and every little rotten scoundrel out there will be judged when the books are opened. We live in amazing times. I want to thank all of you that do support this ministry. Now is the appropriate time to give us a thumbs up, hit that notification button, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank all of you for your continued support and stewardship. It really does mean the most to us that we're enabled to reach the nations and the letters that I get truly are heartwarming and inspiring and sometimes challenging. 
and I do take them to heart and I do weigh it in the balance. I pray that you have a grand week wherever you are scattered in the nations and just know that Yahweh is gathering us to something far greater than anything the world could ever come up with. Shabbat Shalom.